0: to break free from the kind of traditional uh, outdoor branding and create something that was a little more playful and colorful and real and uh, included a lot of women just, you know, having fun uh, and enjoying the outdoors together.
1: This is Outside by Design, your all-access pass to the world of creativity in the outdoor industry.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of Outside by Design. My name is Iris, I co-host this show alongside our interviewer extraordinaire, Lisa Slagle, and as always, this show is brought to you by Wheelie, a modern creative agency and production company specializing in the outdoor industry. This week, Lisa had the pleasure of sitting down with two incredible entrepreneurs, the women behind Alder Apparel, Michaela Wujek and Naomi Blackman. Michaela and Naomi bring a ton of expertise to this episode, so I better not see you hitting the skip button. Listen all the way to the end for a special promo code. They talk about how they ended up in business together, how they seek to achieve size inclusivity by doing more than just offering more sizes, designing from a nature-inspired perspective, and how Alder aims to redefine outdoorsiness. This episode has insights for every outdoor industry creative out there, so let's dive in.
0: I'm Naomi Blackman. I'm one of the co-founders of Alder Apparel.
3: Hi, I'm Michaela Wujek. I'm the other co-founder of Alder Apparel.
1: Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm really, really excited to talk to you about your journey through entrepreneurship and your design philosophy and whatever else we get into. So uh, it's going to be good.
0: Yeah. Thank you for having us. Happy to be here.
1: The first question we ask everyone is to describe where you are and what you're looking at.
0: Uh, well we're both in toronto ontario in canada i'm currently sitting in my uh, kitchen this is not a living room Uh, and so right now i am unfortunately staring at some dishes that i need to do but to my right a much nicer scene is some double doors into the outdoors and here it's a beautiful sunny day in toronto we're uh, at the potential beginning of spring so it's a, a really beautiful day outside today and that's uh you know getting spirits up for sure
3: Absolutely. And I'm also in Toronto. I'm sitting in my home office, which is part library, part seed starting bonanza, I'm starting all my garden seeds to the left of me. So I've got some small tomato and basil sprouts in um, a big lemon tree beside me, which was my favorite Christmas gift I've ever received.
1: Yeah, you're we have video on and your plant game is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I've been staring at it like,
3: wow. Thank you. Truly my lemon tree is my prize possession. There's four lemons.
1: Oh, that's amazing. So I'm curious how you ended up owning a company together and what's your story as humans and as entrepreneurs and business partners? How'd you get here?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is Michaela. Um, I really never expected to be uh, running a clothing business. Absolutely. My background is in environmental science and biology. I studied fish genetics very specifically in university, which really led me on a pathway to doing a lot of outdoor conservation work um, and, you know, scientific uh, field work as well was really lucky to work as a National Geographic Explorer for the last six or seven years. So doing a lot of outdoor research, primarily in the South Pacific, but, you know, in other pockets of the globe as well, doing a lot of scuba research, which was truly amazing and an incredible opportunity. And, you know, one of the pain points that I found myself having on these trips was just frustration with outdoor apparel options for women. You know, I felt really frustrated that um, I mostly had to wear leggings (laughs) or weird low rise swishy pants that were not fashionable in any sort of way. And really just started thinking about, you know, from a product perspective, what would I like to see in my wardrobe that, you know, enabled me to enact my fashionability a little bit better. um, But that was also a little bit more versatile. So I could use it as I was traveling and researching and working. Um, So then I thought to myself, you know, who is the smartest woman I know and who is somebody who works in apparel? And that is Naomi Blackman. I'll let her tell you about her background.
0: Yeah, thank you, Michaela. Um, Yeah, Michaela and I have actually known each other since we were about 13 years old. We went to elementary school here in Toronto. So it was nice to kind of reconnect over this uh, idea ten years later, and, and you know, my life was um, a lot less cool than Michaela's at the time. Um, but I had spent the last ten years or so working in marketing, um, primarily working on a bunch of different apparel brands uh, up in here, up here in Canada, like Joe Fresh and Hudson's Bay, and was part of the team that brought Topshop and Topman to Canada. So I was working in apparel for a long time, and definitely understood Michaela's frustrations uh, with the product. Um, but the more we started talking about it, the more we realized that you know, it wasn't just a product issue that women were facing with outdoor apparel, um, but also just a brand and a connection to this idea of outdoorsy. Um, You know, Michaela and I started talking about it right away and she's obviously quite an outdoorsy individual and I spend a lot of time, you know, hiking. I love to snowboard. I love to climb, um, but I'm also a Toronto born and raised city dweller, Uh, love fashion, Um, definitely a city person. And so, um, you know, both of us realized that we don't necessarily identify with the term outdoorsy uh, in its, you know, traditional form. And we recognized that the more women we spoke to, the more we heard that echoed back to us that, you know, they would say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to do this and that. And uh, I have trouble with finding outdoor apparel, but, you know, I don't I don't really consider myself outdoorsy. And we really wanted to question why a lot of women we were speaking to didn't identify with the term. And we started to realize that, you know, it was because of the way that a lot of brands present The idea of being outdoorsy and you know that's all well and good um but we just realized that there's an opportunity to represent a diverse range of ways to be outdoorsy and who could be considered outdoorsy as well so we decided to launch alder
1: wow well first of all you two are awesome and i love this dynamic and like (laughs) yeah it's super cool um so i guess my first question then is What was it like in your first starting phases, and how did you grow this company? And yeah, what did you learn?
3: Yeah, I mean, we really started with the product idea first and foremost. Um, You know, sustainability is really core to our brand and to you know our considerations. And you know, being an apparel business, it's really important that we're making things a that are you know. Things that people need and be, you know, really using, um, you know, the best materials and kind of processes. So for us, we thought to validate, okay, what do women actually want? What are they looking for to, you know, fill their outdoor wardrobe? So we got real. Data nerdy. We were all over Reddit groups, Facebook forums, you know, doing surveys, asking people, hey, what do you need in your wardrobe? And 92% of the women that we spoke with said pants. They said pants are a nightmare to find in the outdoor industry. So we thought, amazing, we will make the best pants ever. Um, So that really guided, you know, from a product perspective where we really invested a lot of our time and our initial sort of energy. um, And that led us to do a Kickstarter, which we launched in the tail end of 2019 for our first product, the Open Air Pants, which has a truly tremendous amount of pockets. um, And, you know, kind of burgeoned from there in terms of building the brand. I'll let Naomi speak to, you know, sort of the creative development piece on that side.
0: Yeah, for sure. And just before I speak to that, I do want to say, you know, Michaela's background is also as a lead certified sustainability consultant. So we really had, um, you know, I count myself quite lucky to have had her um, from the get go, just, you know, that insight and that knowledge and that ability to build a company from the ground up with, you know, sustainability practices, practices that aren't necessarily just focused on the environment, but are more holistic in nature. It was something that, you know, was an absolute benefit to us to have, and I kept myself quite lucky. Thank you, friend. Get you a
3: co-founder. <laughs> <is so> tough. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, the second thing we did, uh definitely, you know, marketing and branding is something that is um, deep in my bones. And Michaela is a natural-born marketer and brander as well. So, you know, immediately wanted to think about what does Alder look like, sound like, feel like, and uh, developed our brand from there. And um, you know, just speaking to that idea of uh, representing a different kind of outdoorsy, we wanted to break free from the kind of traditional. Uh, outdoor branding and create something that was a little more playful and colorful and real and uh, included a lot of women just, you know, having fun uh, and enjoying the outdoors together. So uh, developed the brand from there. And then we were off to the races in terms of launching the products.
1: I always say that your brand is, your brand is what people say about your business when you're not in the room to explain it. And so like, what do you hope people say about your brand that you've curated and built, um, even if you're not there?
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, I think on on my end, and I think Michaela would agree, I think what I would love to have uh, our customers say about us is just, they're the brand that makes me feel like I belong in the outdoors. It makes me feel welcomed and it makes me feel like I can go out and enjoy everything in the outdoors without feeling uh, like I'm not welcomed.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. And I think, you know, to that point, um, having people say, oh, there's something there for me. Right. I think that's a huge goal of ours in the outdoor industry in particular. You know, our commitment to size inclusivity is one way that we're trying to you know, expand the definition of really, you know, who is, you know, considered outdoorsy. Um, So that would be amazing to, you know, know that people feel that they can get something from us.
1: Along those lines, what does size inclusivity look like to you right now as a brand? Yeah, great question. You know, I think
3: um, we can always do better. We started our initial offering with a size range from extra small to 4X and then improved that from extra small to 6X. So that's our current offering now. Um, you know, for us, our goal really is to have something for everybody. And we recognize that, you know, size sizing in that way, sort of extra small, small, 2X, 4X model leaves a lot to be desired in terms of things like inseam lengths, fits, different body shapes, you know, uh, you know, general neutral clothing. So we think that there's still a lot of room for expansion in that way. Um, But size inclusivity really means to us, considering all the different beautiful shapes bodies come in um, and designing clothes appropriately. So, you know, everybody has an option to enjoy the outdoors in.
0: Yeah, and I think one other thing I would add is just it was really important to us Um, to make sure that, you know, we weren't creating something separate for a certain size range or a certain inseam or a certain body type. We wanted to make sure that, you know, what we were creating was um, designed to uh, be a great fit across multiple different body types and to offer the same, you know, colors and the same options across our entire size range. It's pretty uh, horrific practice in the apparel industry to relegate uh, plus sizes in particular to, you know, just black or just this or just that. And we just didn't, We didn't subscribe to that ideal and to that standard. And we didn't think that that was the way that things should be. So, um, you know, making sure that we had price parity and color parity and style parity across all of our size range was something that was really important.
1: And what has been the feedback? Have you built community around this? And, um, yeah, I guess, how did it go?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, there's two things to consider. The first is, you know, the community and the feedback that we've had, um, you know, from our plus size, size, excuse me, community. Um, And, you know, we've had just wonderful reviews and messages, you know, sharing that we are actually getting fit really right and we you know attribute that to our grading system so the way that we actually design and develop products looks a little bit different than you know sort of your traditional apparel model where you will you know start from a size medium and then kind of grade up from there we have you know multiple sizes that we grade on we've heard a lot of really great feedback particularly in our bottoms in our raincoats um you know raincoats and outerwear oh man, the outdoor industry needs to catch up. There's not a lot of options out there, you know, outside of an extra large or a 2X. Um, So again, there's more that we can be doing, uh, but we take, you know, the feedback really seriously from our community. And we alluded to this um, in our earlier conversation before, you know, we began chatting, but we do something called, uh, what we like to call iterative product design with our community. So, you know, we actually ask our customers throughout our design process, what do they want to see? So we'll send surveys each quarter out to our whole community, You know, share things like tech packs, like designs and sort of pose questions like, hey, do you want to see a high rise, a mid rise? Where do you want zippers? What do you feel about these colorways? So we're actually collecting real data from our customers on what they want to see enacted in our designs. So that's been a really fantastic tool to get that design piece right, you know, specifically with our plus size customers, but with the entire Alder community. And then I think, you know, another important thing to consider outside of, um, you know, of course, designing for plus size um, customers is also the importance of having size inclusivity to our brand and our community overall. So... In those surveys, we also ask, you know, how important is it to you to buy from a a size inclusive brand? And, you know, over 75% of our customers say it is very important, the most important to them to actually, you know, be participating in economies who support size inclusivity. So, um, you know, that to us is something that we pay really close attention to as well.
1: As the owner of a creative agency, I believe that there are easier ways to do things sometimes, and when I see a situation that merits it, I always turn to Creative Market. Creative Market allows you to find standout fonts, hand-drawn icons, and all kinds of other creative goods. In fact, they have over 250,000 purchasable items to choose from, so they have something that fits your project. It saves you a lot of time and the quality is awesome. So go to the show notes, click on that link and explore creative market. And how does nature influence your design process since you are bridging this gap in the outdoor industry?
3: Oh, man, this is the best question ever. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote down my... uh undergrad thesis paper on biomimicry, um, which, you know, is taking um, biological processes, uh, being inspired by biological processes into design. So, I mean, we think about it in a lot of different ways. You know, the name alder um, harkens to a type of tree. It's from the birch family. And alder trees have a really amazing relationship with the soil that, you know, they're rooted in they, you know, have a similar process to nitrogen fixing where they'll actually enrich the soil around them and encourage new species to grow, you know, around the alder tree trunk. And for us, that we thought that was so much inspiration for how, how we want to be as a brand and how we want to grow community by, you know, really enriching the world around us. So at a high philosophical level, mm-hmm. alder was, a, you know, the intention to try to enrich the community around us. But, you know, from um, other processes, just in more of the material space we're you know continually impressed by some of the innovation that's happening you know using uh, textiles like pineapples or mushrooms as alternatives for leather we think is so interesting Um, and then also really looking at you know how different systems you know kind of build strength in their own biological realms you know whether that's through certain weaving or structuring patterns and you know how can we bring that into fabrication on our end so I mean I could go on and on so just you know there's a certain question there stop me and I'll steal this whole thing away
1: you you two are geniuses aren't you (laughs) no 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 no.
3: we're uh we're extremely excitable about where we found ourselves in life right now I think you know both Naomi and I feel so lucky to be able a to to do this um and mm-hmm. to have each other as supports to kind of you know build a business together it's it's hard out there for for uh, women business owners let me tell you um mm-hmm. so we feel very fortunate to be you know operating you know together where we can draw on confidence and support and um all the other elements you need to be successful in business from each other so um yeah yeah,
0: we're, we're very lucky and hardworking yeah <laughs> that's definitely been the biggest joy is you know obviously reconnecting from our early days friendship over alder and being able to build something together i mean we have very different but very complementary skill sets for sure and um, it just happens to work out so well for this specific business that yeah we, we didn't necessarily think we'd be in but are, are extremely lucky to be in
1: How does that friendship enhance entrepreneurship? Like, does it make it harder or does it make it easier? Um, Because there seems to be a lightness here with each other that, I I mean, I talk to a lot of founders and you just seem like you're having a lot of fun. (laughs) Well,
0: that's good. Yeah, I think uh, one of the biggest things that, you know, Mikhail and I ch- chatted about from the get-go, and I mean, I will say it did, you know, take us a little bit of uh, ironing out to get here, but it was just, you know, what kind of company do we want to build and what kind of relationship do we want to have through this? I mean, I think we've heard so many horror stories or just, you know, challenging stories about founders, co-founders splitting apart or or having trouble working together long-term. And I think the biggest thing for us was just to start from a place of, Uh, true, true respect for one another and understanding that, you know, no matter what comes our way, we're going to be open and transparent with each other and kind of work through things and, um, you know, make sure that we're on the same page with each other um, and just continue to have that conversation flow open, which was, uh, you know, a decision we had from the beginning and has just been, um, you know, something that has been very, very helpful in in keeping uh, everything on track. I mean, I think it's so easy to get Um, caught up, especially as you start to get more um, stressed and involved in the business. But it's always been something that we've wanted to make sure we keep um, keep each other informed about how we're feeling. We do, you know, a monthly founders walk where we just go and talk about, you know, how are things going? How are you feeling? Um, how's your mental health? How's everything going? So um it's just been, you know, all about communication and continued respect with one another. And I think, you know, being friends before was definitely helpful for that. But I think you can establish that kind of relationship with uh, anyone you're you're founding a business with and would highly encourage it.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. And the one thing I'd add to that, you know, is just um you know, it's a big jump, right, to, to start a business and to walk away from, you know, a career or a, a sure bet position. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that we really wanted to iron out was what is going to keep us going and identifying, you know, what area of growing a business or having a business is the most compelling to us. So, you know, for me, that was product, product development. And, you know, for Naomi, that's, you know, creative and marketing, And we really identified, like, we want to have ownership over those areas, and that's going to be a tool to drive us towards happiness and, you know, self-fulfillment in kind of operating our own business. So we've been really clear and supportive of one another to kind of say, hey, like, take ownership over that area and divided and conquered areas of our business. So we're each kind of servicing the needs that we have identified that we'll have in order to kind of stay happy in this role, which I think has been definitely really important.
1: I think the amount of intentionality that you're bringing to this is so beautiful. Thank you. And is that something that have you been able to um, like creatively, I'm a creative director, so it, it can be hard. Like you have something in your mind and then you try to build it or you try to draw it or make it. And then there's restraints on fabric or shipping or all these things that are outside of your control. Have you been able to kind of, Go into your actual product design with that level of intentionality as well, and come up with kind of like what you'd imagined.
0: Yeah, that's a great, uh, that's a great point, and definitely something you know that's been the biggest, I think, um, learning curve for us. I mean, I won't speak for Michaela, but I do think you know, speak for me. Yeah, both right. <laughs> <laughs> of us, you know, have. Um, you know, a lot of ideas um, and less operational experience, especially when it comes to apparel. So that was definitely the biggest learning curve around production, around shipping timelines, especially during the pandemic. Um, And so, you know, that's been uh, definitely the biggest learning curve, but also kind of, uh, for me, one of the more interesting learning curves, because it's something I was never exposed to in the past. I mean, slightly from working in the industry, but having kind of that deep knowledge of Um, you know, financial models and operational models uh, and production models is something that's like a very challenging topic to learn, but also so interesting to um, bring on that new knowledge. And then also I'll just say like the people we surround ourselves with, we've been so lucky with employees and partners who all have just such amazing expertise and uh, willingness to share knowledge that, you know, we've been very fortunate to surround ourselves with the right people, which is really the key to any company's success, I think.
3: Absolutely. And I think, you know, both Naomi and I try to leave, you know, ego at the door, especially in that kind of creative process, right? There's so many things that you're going to absolutely kill and destroy. And so, you know, really starting from a place of blue sky thinking for a lot of elements of our business is, you know, I think a really sort of fun way that we continue to you know, keep sort of that like lightness and and joy into different areas of business. And I think also, you know, just because we don't necessarily come from this background and for me for product design in particular, you know, I came into this with no process, (laughs) no traditional process at all. Right. And, you know, I think in some ways that has served us, you know, for good and in other ways, you know, not for, not so good. Um, But, you know, regardless remains that, we've kind of built our own processes, which has been really quite joyful, you know, in terms of how we build products looks quite different. We're realizing more and more from how, you know, many other apparel businesses build their products. Um, And we think that so much of the success that we've seen, you know, love from our community in terms of how our products fit and, you know, getting community feedback and, you know, inputs into it um, has really been a real differentiator and, and frankly a really fun way to go about designing and, and dreaming and creating. So that, that's that yeah. been
0: cool. Yeah. And I'll just add one more thing that I think it is definitely a positive uh, that Michaela kind of came into it with no uh, preconceived notions of how things were done in, apparel and also a strong curiosity and a slight tourist stubbornness because I think you know I I think I definitely was held back by how I'd seen certain things happen in the apparel industry and Michaela would you know there are some processes that are processes for a very good reason and some processes that are just there because that's what everyone's been doing for the last 10 20 50 years. Um, so having Michaela's fresh eyes there and, you know, curiosity to be like, well, why should we do it that way? Why don't we try this? Um, was actually extremely helpful and, and great for us.
3: Also going to therapy. <laughs> yeah. Therapy, Just in general. <laughs> Very helpful in every aspect of life.
1: I agree. Do you have employees?
0: We do. Yeah. Yeah. We have uh, a few full-time and some part-time Uh, and sort of freelance as well
1: amazing and how is that journey when because it's like I have employees as well and it's one thing to be an entrepreneur or a business owner and then it's another thing to be an employer Um, and I never had any formal training for that so how has that journey been as well and how do you divide and I don't know if it's conquer how do you divide and nourish (laughs) Um, how how do you divide and nourish that I guess
0: I think that's actually been one of the bigger joys for us. I mean, I personally really love working with people. I think Michaela really does as well. And, um, you know, I think to Michaela's earlier point about leaving your ego at the door, I think that's been very helpful in bringing on team members. Um, You know, we've brought on some really great people who have a lot of expertise and, you know, we're not... to be up here pretending that we know the answers to everything. It's just a matter of um, collaboration and, you know, a general vision and leadership for the company. But we want to make sure that we're giving our employees a lot of autonomy. And so, um, you know, letting that ego go and giving that autonomy at this early stage is something I think that um, has been really helpful for us. And, you know, I think we didn't necessarily, I mean, I had people managed in former roles, but we didn't necessarily have um boss forable trading, but I think what we both had was informal training in what we didn't want to be mm-hmm. as bosses. Um, so or didn't want to be in workplaces overall. you know, workplace culture was something that we considered very, very early on because we wanted to kind of break away from that traditional corporate Monday to Friday nine to five um, mentality. So from the get-go before um, the pandemic, We were thinking, you know, we're going to have work from anywhere policy. We're going to have, you know, flexible work hours. We have um, something we call recreating Fridays. We don't, uh, we have three day weekends. So four days work week, Uh, Fridays are for getting outside and enjoying your life. And um, just some of these perks, we just wanted to make sure we built in to our business from the beginning because we knew that, you know, creating a happy workplace and a happy environment is great for people and great for the company overall.
1: That's cool. We are also closed on Fridays and I don't really know how people work five days a week. I don't know
3: how they do it either now. Just, I mean, like from a human perspective, of course it makes sense, but also from a data perspective. You know, we're seeing the results come out now that a four-day work week is so much better, you know, for balancing your life, for mental health of your community, for so many things, right? We really subscribe to the belief that, like, you're not put on this earth to work, (laughs) right? You're put on this earth to live. Um, So, yeah, the four-day work week piece has been um, really amazing. And I think from a startup business perspective, you know, Um, Something that we have gotten a little bit of pushback just from people who, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. maintain the mindset that to be running a startup, you should be grinding 90 hours a week and, you know, sleeping two hours a day, whatever that math is. Um, And we frankly just think that that's bullshit, right? There's growth for growth sakes is not a good, you know, mindset to subscribe to. And, you know, really building a balanced sort of workforce who, you know, loves what they do, but also lives their life is much more important.
0: You're both very inspired by uh, Let My People Go Surfing. Yes, Definitely. absolutely. Must read book.
2: The Outside by Design podcast is proud to partner with Athletic Brewing, a non-alcoholic beer company dedicated to making great tasting craft brews without compromise. From the free wave hazy IPA to the upside down golden to the all out dark, Athletic Brewing has something for everyone. And at only 50 to 70 calories per can, you don't have to choose between having great beer and keeping your edge. Use the link in the show notes for free shipping on two or more six packs from Athletic Brewing.
1: Happy sipping. I was talking to one of my friends last night about the phrase: if you're not if you're not growing, you're dying. It, that's like a traditional capitalist kind of like mindset. And I was like, I, I just don't ascribe to that. And so how do you kind of like balance? your ideas for future products and kind of this growth mindset that's so healthy with the actual tactical growing of a business? That's a very hard question.
3: (laughs) I think, I mean, yes, like philosophically, I think what Naomi and I are aligned on is really exactly, (laughs) we share your sentiments towards that statement. You know, there's a lot of important work that can happen when you're resting and when you're relaxing. And I even shudder to call it work. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's so much value in resting and, you know, in all the states between dying and growing. And we've really thought that that's an important space to make for ourselves and for our team and our employees. You know, I've been thinking a lot about that this spring, actually, in general, right? In the springtime, end of winter, it looks like everything's dead or dying, but there's so much activity that's happening in the soil, you know, replenishing different processes, you know, plants and trees and species are getting ready to flourish in the summer. Um, And, you know, without that moment of winter and spring, you would never get to summer. And it's equally as important in the entire season as anything else. So, you know, really giving kind of credence to just the patterns of life that we live um, is going to be important for growth anyways. So that's something I think that we're philosophically aligned on. And, you know, Naomi and I have also thought a lot about, you know, how are we going to run the business from, you know, an operator perspective, right? The idea is not that we will have to be part of every decision, part of every growth plan that the idea is to create a team of people, you know, who we can divide and kind of redistribute, um different kind of tasks and components of the business too right so we can take moments to step away naomi could go away for a month i could go away for a month our team can go away for a month right there's you know enough people playing in our entire ecosystem that we can sort of balance different elements of growth so it's not all concentrated in you know insane moments of
0: capitalism (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's perfectly said and i i think something that you know honestly, we do need, or at least I need re-encouraging and reminders of too, because it is very easy um, operationally to slip into that mindset of like, okay, no, no, we got to get this done. Now we got to get this done and let some of those values and uh, thoughts around rest and taking time away. It, it, it does get challenging sometimes um, to remember to preserve that. Um, so I think that's also where having two of us is helpful. Um, you know, we're both kind of there to Uh, you know, remind each other, you know, it is okay to step away. It is okay to take a break. It is okay to uh, reset. And I think that's been, um, you know, very valuable as well. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, tactically, like from a
3: business perspective, we really think about what our goals are for the year and work back from that. It's really easy, as Naomi said, to kind of get stuck in, you know, the operational loop and saying yes to everything, but really finding clarity on, okay, what are our main goals for the year? And like, what do we need to do to, you know, bring those to fruition is a really powerful way to stay on track and you can sacrifice a lot of other noise in pursuit of those particular goals.
1: Ooh, what is, what's an example of that?
3: Great question. I think maybe like a product is a good example of that, you know, um, having specific goals around product launches for the year. You know, we always have goals about how many products we want to launch and what categories we want to expand into, Um, and it's quite easy to get, you know, taken sort of off that track, whether it's with new products that could be, you know, um, reactive to things or trends we're seeing in the market or, you know, feedback from our community on something they did or didn't like. Um, So, you know, really having that process in place to enact our goals to take those things into consideration has been really helpful, Um, but also, honestly, in- uh, adjusting our goals, which kind of goes against what I just said, but you know, making sure that we're always kind of checking in on on those different components.
1: That seems healthy. Like that feels balanced and still progressive.
3: Sometimes it is. We try to do it, but definitely sometimes we do get swept up and are like, "Oh my gosh, how did we get here? <laughs> We've got a thousand things on our to do list." But yes, philosophically, we we definitely try to right. Like it's so easy to say yes to everything especially when you're like excited mm-hmm. and looking forward to what you're growing and like if you love what you do so it is important to you know have some sort of goal posts in your in your vision
1: love that and i guess what's uh coming up in your spring launch you have some products coming out in may
3: Oh my goodness, we are so excited for this spring launch. So uh, up until this point, we've had about seven products and our philosophy has really been around designing sort of that capsule collection, like a piece that um, every woman would need to enjoy the outdoors. So, you know, we have a raincoat and um, shorts and a dress and, um, you know, tops and stuff. So kind of that like full wardrobe. But what we really, really heard from our community was that they want us to do more bottoms more shorts, more pants, um, and really start playing into kind of more of the dress and skort area. So um, we're really excited that we're launching um, two new pairs of shorts this year. We're launching a new Get Dirty dress and a skort. And what's most exciting about those pieces is that they'll be waterproof. So they'll be able to join you on sort of outdoor water adventures, which you know our community is really enjoying, we're hearing. And you know, one cool element about our product design process that we've mentioned is we ask our community, "What colors do you want? Like, what colors do you want to see these pieces in?" So we've got some really beautiful shades coming out. They're always what we don't expect. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's going to pick that black. Nope, our community loves green, obsessed with green. So we've got some just gorgeous new colorways like rich purples and blues and banana yellows and greens um, that are going to exist across our entire collection. So really really excited to uh, to be bringing this to life
0: yeah it's funny we didn't even really realize this until we checked back at all of the names of our different colors um but we looked back and realized that more often than not we name our colors based on food and I think that really speaks to Michaela and I there's always a snack somewhere around uh, whenever we're doing any work so we've got banana we've got eggplant all of that fun stuff hello
3: for the beverage yeah <laughs>
1: Cool, well, is there anything I haven't asked you that you think our outdoor community would like to know?
0: I think just um from the uh entrepreneurial side of things, I think you know the outdoor industry really does need some more diverse founders, whether that's women, whether that's uh, different ethnicities, different perspectives. I think you know the outdoor industry is really uh you know begging for some diverse perspectives and um we know very well from our own beginnings that it can be a little bit terrifying and a lot of, you know, different questions uh, to get started. But I think, you know, um, if you have an idea, if you have uh, something in mind that you think would be great for the market to kind of just get out there and get going and get started it, as soon as you get started, everything starts to click into place or at least be chaotically around you as you're figuring out one thing after the next. And, um, you know, I, I know I speak for Michaela here when we say that we've had such a an amazing time, just reaching out to different people in the industry to kind of pick their brains or talk to them about, you know, their expertise in a specific area or ask questions. And we're always, um, you know, interested in paying it forward and and continuing to share the knowledge. So I think, you know, if if anyone out there is uh, thinking of an idea and looking for uh, that extra push, here's your extra push. Go do it. <laughs>
3: yeah, and reach out to us. And you know, I think also um, one one thing that we like to talk about is, you know, ways you know, we can all kind of promote inclusivity in the outdoor industry as well, you know, from a size inclusivity perspective. Um, I believe it was Sam Ortiz, Ortiz excuse me, um, from um, Big Girls Climb and Jenny brusso of Unlikely Hikers, you know, who really recommended... Um, know some simple things that we can all do to make sure that different activity providers and clothing brands are being inclusive from a size perspective so you know if you're going kayaking say you know call up your kayaking provider and just kind of say you know what sizes do you service in your business if you're going rock climbing you know make a call before you go and say hey like what harnesses do you have in stock only go up to extra large like why is that maybe we'll go someplace else and you know similarly looking at the different brands that you support who's in leadership who runs that company who's in those c-suite positions Who's making decisions about what kind of products are being created, and um, you know, kind of empower yourself to make decisions based on what you find there. So, there's many, many other ways. There's lots of great resources out there, but those are a few kind of just simple tips for uh, you know ways that we can all really try to promote some great inclusivity.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And my last question is: Where can people follow you online?
3: Yes, you can follow us on Instagram at Alder Apparel. We're newly on TikTok. Forgive us as we try to navigate that environment, also Alder Apparel. Um, And you can reach us on our website at www.alderapparel.com.
2: Thank you so much for tuning in to Outside by Design. Alder has provided a special promo code for listeners, 15% off their site with the code OUTBYDESIGN15. Please use it and get yourself some amazing outdoor clothing. This show is produced by Wheelie, a creative agency that specializes in helping brands articulate and amplify how they use business for positive impact in the world. You can find us at our website, wheeliecreative.com. You can also visit wheeliecreative.com slash podcast to find more episodes, transcripts, show notes, and our affiliate partners. We are on Instagram at wheeliecreative. Please subscribe, leave a five-star review on your podcast app, and share this podcast with a friend who you think might enjoy listening. With that, I'm Iris. Thanks for being here.